This is Agents Influence Podcast. If you don't have the vision for yourself of how you want to operate, that's where people get into trouble. Because somebody says, oh, they're talking about BOR. I don't BOR. Is there a frustration? Do they think BOR is better? Should they be BOR? Let's say I work out five days a week. You work out seven. Do I have this like gap now? Well, should I be working out seven days a week? Unless I define what my process is, how I want to operate, then I'm going to lose confidence in the process. And so I think that's the biggest thing. And that's what we're able to help these producers and agencies do is define what is your process? How do you want to run with the BOR? Because it's a tool that everybody should understand and define for themselves how they want to use it. I'm Jason Cass and we're going to help you think differently. Change your agency. Change your finances. Change your family. And in the end, we're going to change an industry. Let's go. All right, all right, all right. Welcome, loyal listeners, to another episode of Agents Influence Podcast, conversations with me, Jason Cass. And today, I have Nick Obe. It's it's Obi, but he told me that it was French, and so I decided to do that. You know what? Like, when I think about it, I had Ruben Hasid on, and he was French. And there was another French gentleman that I had on recently. I don't know. God, I hope the French aren't taking over America. They battled, helped us battle Britain. So anyways, so, hey, Nick, welcome to the uh, podcast. Jason, I appreciate you having me on. I don't know yeah. if they're taking over America. They might be taking over the insurance industry, though. Yeah, that could possibly be. Yes. A, um, yes. Anyways, I was going <laughs> to say some other things, but it's too early to say those. Um, so anyways, Nick, um, let me let me tell the loyal listeners. So Nick and I have recently got to know each other. I don't know, four or five, six, seven months. Hell, time goes by so fast. Um, Invited brain share people. I absolutely loved him. We started the summer of sales um, uh, going on inside the mastermind. Nick kind of opened it up. Uh, I think it was the third or the fourth Thursday of May, I believe that's when it was. Uh, did a fantastic job there, and I said, let's get you out there. Because I told him, I said, when I got to know him, and if you guys have never been to BrainShare, you need to come, but you, it's more of a personal relationship. For two and a half days, you're learning with these people. You're having drinks and dinner with these people. You're partying with these people. You're doing things you shouldn't be doing with these people after 12 o'clock, but we don't tell our spouses, oh, wait, shit, they're listening to this. No, I'm joking, <laughs> but not really. Um, that was that was the younger me. Now I go to bed at like 10 or 11, even on uh, party nights. So anyways, um, and so here you are. And so Nick, um, I want you to give us a little bit about you and kind of speed us up. Start where you were born and bring us to where you are in two, three minutes. All the way back to where I was born? Mm-hmm. Where were you born? I was born in New Hampshire. Okay. Manchester, New Hampshire. That's where I grew up. I grew up in New Hampshire. And- mm-hmm. Basically, you know, went to high school there, college, the whole deal, lived in Boston after, got into the insurance industry. And essentially, I was in the insurance industry right after college. The, du- the dude I worked for, he's like, hey, you can take the summer off. You know, you, you just graduated Saturday. You don't have to start Monday. I'm like, well, will you pay me for the summer if I take it off? He's like, no, dude, I'm not going to pay you. I'm like, well, then I'm starting Monday. I got no damn money. And so I, I started right after college um, in the insurance industry. And I got to a point where I was probably like six years into the business as a commercial producer. And I had built this BOR system and it's working. 
I was actually having success. I built a different way to produce. Not the traditional quoting model. I had a little bit of pride in what I was doing because now, you know, there, there's that, that thought of like, oh, you're an insurance agent. You're just a step above a used car salesman. Not me. Mm-hmm. I was doing it different. I was different than every other agent. And so because I was acting different, I created this level of confidence for myself that now I could walk into a prospect meeting and provide value whether they worked with me or not. Mm-hmm. There was I no like longer that. that. Yeah, there's, you know, the desperation that we've all had at some point in our career of like, they're doing me a favor. You know, it's my buddies. Father-in-law is giving me a meeting so I can talk about insurance. That was gone because I was going to bring value into that, that meeting. And at the same time, I'm more relaxed. I've got created a consistent pipeline, created mm-hmm. more efficiencies in what I was doing. It you know, allowed my, uh, myself to create more opportunities and ultimately allowed me freedom, flexibility. And I got to a point where I could kind of see the path for my career as a producer. I had a 50-40 mm-hmm. split, expense account, country club membership, equity in my book. Like I had the whole deal and I just didn't fulfill me producing. What really fulfilled me was mm-hmm. the system, sharing the system, scaling the system. And that's where I pushed for that. So I pushed and really made the decision. That's what I want to focus on was how do mm-hmm. I scale this, this system and push for partner that didn't quite work out. And then I spent the next several years trying to figure out different ways to scale this process. And essentially I landed on coaching insurance producers and really helping them institute a BOR system for themselves and that's how I ended up where I'm at today is helping producers to actually execute that so they can go out and create that different environment, show up different as, um, as producers. When, when, you, when you learn something like that and you just have that certain mentality, you can't help but wanting to just help other people. You know what I mean? I'm totally with you on your yeah. mindset there. I really, really do like that. And, and, and Nick, so you've got me thinking a lot, right? I'm, I'm a disciple of David Carruthers, right? Yep. And then I became a disciple of of Charles Speck as well, because some of the stuff that David maybe didn't jive with me or maybe left gaps, Charles was able to fill that, right? Yep. And so now I really focus on you because I love these BOR guys. Michael Silas uh, Silas is, uh, Silas yeah, yeah. is another one, right? He's on LinkedIn. He doesn't officially have a business like yourself or whatever. He still sure. sells, but he shares his ideas. And I love tuning into it because there's so much I can learn from that, right? And so one of the things that really you take it to kind of a different thing is I'm not doing the quoting process, right? And that's the point of the BOR. But anybody who gets BORs or does a lot of them or has done them in the past knows that when you ask for it, if they say no to the BOR, we always go to quoting, right? Right. And you, you are no. You're either going to understand. So to take them forward, there's one call set up the meeting, you meet with them, you're either leaving there with the BOR or them assuming you're doing business or not. Am I right about that? Tell me where I'm wrong. So no, you're right. That that presentation meeting, depending on the prospect and the exact situation, I, I may sk- uh, spread that over two meetings and do a you know, more deep dive, more uh, analysis on the coverage, experience model, whatever. But really it's it's showing up to that meeting walking them through, really educating them on the process. And when I say the process, the insurance system, the insurance game and mm-hmm. teaching them. I love that. That's so important, loyal listeners, what he's saying here, educating on the insurance game. Keep going, Nick. Yeah, because they don't, they've never heard it, right? They, every, I, I say every, for the, you know, lumping everybody in together. But for the most part, insurance agents, they go out, they meet with the prospect. They have that feeling of like, oh, this is a great opportunity. Can I please quote your insurance? And they mm-hmm. don't teach them anything new. And so by teaching them something new, we're able to educate them on, look, 
it's not even a, a BOR pitch, really. It's, it's an education on the strategy. If I were you, if I was a business owner, this is how I would set up my insurance program to navigate the insurance market so that you can get Love the most that. out of it. Love that, Nick. And so when you do that, the BOR conversation becomes easy because after you educate them that they should have one agent who they trust, who can address coverage, address risk management, manage their experience mod, negotiate reserves at unit stat, you know, all the things that we know we need to do as, as insurance professionals and set up the market, navigate the market. You should have one person to do that. How do you then turn around and ask them to quote? You just, you can't, you just educate them the best way to do it. Mm -hmm. And so that, that conversation becomes very simple. Now it's like, if you want somebody to do that, here's how I can help and benefit you and, and basically run that strategy for you. So here's the deal. Okay. So now knowing that little listener, something Nick doesn't know is so since, uh, about two weeks ago, I really been given it a thought since you were on the mastermind, which I invite anybody to go to agencyintelligencemastermind.com, agencyintelligencemastermind. Real tough to remember that, Jason. <laughs> agencyintelligencemastermind. I have like, I think, 11 websites, so it's tough sometimes. If you go there, you can check this out. But anyways, um, whenever you started with this, it really kind of got me thinking and say, you know, sometimes that's not just realistic. It's just not, Nick. Um, we, we, have, we have people who still need our services. They're loyal to their agent. They at least want this or that. And there are possibly other options. And I'm not, I'm not saying no against you. I'm just thinking my yeah. head for the last two weeks. And then I started thinking, and I went into my agency Zoom, and I started looking, and my producers are up around, I don't know, 400, some thousand, 500,000 almost. Um, Halfway, not even halfway through the year. So I'm thinking, okay, they're, they've got to be pretty far onto their goals. Travis is in charge of dealing with that. Yeah. But I started looking and I started realizing that between them, they had around, not between them, but each of them had anywhere between six to, I think as high as nine or 10 policies, clients, mm -hmm. not policies, clients yep. that they had uh, become new business. And I started thinking to myself, I'm starting to thinking, okay, if we have five months right? And let's just take the person who has, let's say they had 10, just yep. to keep, keep it easy. That's two a month, right? Mm -hmm. And I started thinking to myself, but one of the things that you hit on and everybody does, but I think you hit on it more is efficiency. Mm -hmm. I think that's one thing we can't take out of our brain, right? That, yeah, but I'd have to call more people, yeah, but that's all you're doing because they're either going with you or they're not, right? If you had to call more people and still quote, I could see why that is, right? But it's getting over that mindset of the efficiency that you're getting. And I started thinking to myself, if my guy who sold 10, if he yep. did nothing but just did this in your strategy from January 1st, I guarantee you he would have at least gotten 10. Oh, without a doubt. And he wouldn't have done the quoting, right? And so it's like, it's hard to change that mindset, but numbers don't lie. And so that's what I've kind of figured out for the last two weeks. Nick, hit on that. What do you think? Well, I'm glad I gave you something to think about. And you're spot on. It creates efficiency in two different ways, though. So the producer has efficiency, right? Because now you're essentially stopping the process earlier. You're getting to a yes or no much faster than waiting the 90 days. So there's, there's time that you can now reallocate, like you said, to prospecting. Mm -hmm. So 
you're, you're operating in a more efficient way because you're getting in front of the right people. Because even of those 10, do you want to win all those 10? Are they, are they a fit for you? Are they going to buy into what you're doing? Or are you going to retain them? And then the other piece of the efficiency side is internally. How many did you, your, your internal staff have to quote to hit those 10? And so let's say, let's say they're closing at 50%. So now you're quoting 20 to, to win 10. And yeah, we've got technology and everyone, you know, you, I mean, you're the indie tech guy. Everyone wants to get more efficient mm-hmm. with the technology and there's ways to quote faster. But now you have, who's ever doing the quoting, some producers are doing it, some internal staff are doing it. And you're taking up time now to quote 20 to win 10. Whereas if you BOR 10, you're only quoting 10 in that whole process. Dude, and and another thing here's get get funny, get comical, but you know, get, being very real. Um, um, I've said for a long time that relationships are relationships are relationships, right? Nick? Yep. And what I mean by that is, is that the relationship that you have with your clients, the relationship that you have with your friends, is no different. The relationship that you even have with your spouse, obviously, the intimacy, romantic sure. part, minus that, but overall, it's the same. So. It gets you thinking here that if I walked up to a bunch of women um, one at a time and I said to them, hey, I would like to date you and go out on a date. Let's start right now. You know, they would say no. But I would be like, I'm not going to spend my time trying to convince this person. I'm going to go to the next Mm -hmm. person. Right. Now, some people would say, but yeah, but that's terrible. You're going to get the person who's desperate or not. But here's one thing you lay out there, and I think all you loyal listeners should pay attention. It's about the room that the girls are in. Because if you're just in a random room and you're just going to go everywhere, that's what you may get. But if you go into a room where women who like to boat right? Let's say that's one of your hobbies. Um, People who like the outdoors, someone who wants to have a big family, and those are your things. And then you go ask that in the room. When you get that one, you're obviously going to have more success with that. And you didn't spend as much time nor as much money (laughs) courting the thing, you know? I mean, you could, I don't know. It's a relationship is a relationship is a relationship. Where am I crazy, Nick? Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, A.K. agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about nationwide brokerage solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. No, I think you're spot on because and if you think about the, the dating part, it, it's the same as the quote. You may, it might take you 90 days to figure out they're not a fit. And now you got to restart. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, shit, do I really want to wait 90 days to find out if I want to date this person? Now, the question I would ask, okay, great. We're going into the room. We know what room we're going into. What, what is the, the, we'll call them prospects, right? But the potential girlfriend, what's the situation? Do they have a boyfriend? Are they, you know, or are they single? Oh. Because now I'm going to change the messaging, right? So if they have a boyfriend, oh. 
I'm gonna come in and I'm gonna educate them why their boyfriend or boyfriends in general aren't, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They aren't uh, uh, managing the relationship correctly. And I'm gonna educate them why, hey, look, here, most boy, what we find is most boyfriends are doing X, Y, and Z. And really where that hurts you is because it delays your ability, whatever their goal is, get married, have mm-hmm. children. And so by doing that, this guy's actually wasting your time. And so if I dated you, here's how I would structure, yada, yada, whatever. And then you dive into it. And so now the conversation is easier because you're educating on a problem that they have. You're showing them how you could solve it. Hey, if you date me, here's what you get. They might not date you, but now they've gotten value from that conversation because she can go find the person she actually wants to date to solve that problem. I don't know if that makes sense. Or that's just crazy. It makes total sense. (laughs) And we all deal with it when we're dating because we have girls who leave us and girls, if you're a loyal listener, listening guys, right? We have them and they leave us and they break our heart and they end up with this other person. And we don't realize that what you just said is actually what is happening, right? They found somebody else who gave them a better story and gave them a better life to fill their problems or not their problems, what their hopes and uh, expectations are. Good point. See, a relationship is a relationship is a relationship. So sometimes we don't know how to manage it when all in reality, we're doing it every day in all the relationships that we have. So um, sometimes we it takes us, uh, when we lack experience in something, it helps to build it on a metaphor or some other analogy that yeah. makes sense. And and that's why I love doing that stuff. So Nick, um, how are you finding people? Like, I mean, you've got this, what is the name of your business? Producer Systems. Producer systems, and you have a system um, that takes somebody from the beginning to the end of here's how you set this up, create this, here's what you do, and here's the success you're going to have. Yeah, 100%. We walk them through the whole process. And essentially, you know, I've got an idea of how this all works and how I would, you know, my, my perfect vision for right, the BOR and you know, how, it, mm-hmm. how it looks. But obviously, every agency is slightly different. Every producer is slightly different. So there's some level of customization that goes into it. And, and really what I think, I think this, I mean, back to, to any example, really, if you don't have the vision for yourself of how you want to operate, that's where people get into trouble. Because somebody says, oh, they're talking about BOR. I don't BOR. Now they're, you know, is there a frustration? Do they think BOR is better? Should they be BOR? I work out, let's say I work out five days a week. You work out seven. Do I, you know, do I have this like gap now? Well, should I be working out seven days a week? Unless I define what my process is, how I want to operate. Good stuff. Then I'm going to lose confidence in the process. And so I think that's the biggest thing. And that's what we're able to help these you know, producers and agencies do is define what is your process? How do you want to run with the BOR? Because it's a tool that everybody should understand and define for themselves how they want to use it. And when I was producing, or when I first started studying the BOR, I was getting bullied. I was getting pushed around by prospects. Because I didn't have a strong stance of my vision of how I wanted to operate, and so what you mentioned earlier, prospects mm-hmm. are going, um, you know, I'll pitch the BOR and they're like, "Hey, dude, I'm not going to do it." I'm like, "Well, shit. Okay, I'll quote it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come on, what is it going to take? Just give me the information." And so, and I never won those deals because now they they don't trust you because you just told them one thing and you did another. Mm-hmm. And so, once I defined my process, I could confidently stand in front of a prospect and say. Here's, you want to work with me. Here's, here's how it works. You have to be a warrant. Unless I don't have the carrier, here's what I do. And I run this mm-hmm. plan. And so I think any agent or any you know, producer agency, that's what you have to define. How are you going to operate in your sales process? And that's going to create the confidence behind it. 
It really is. It really truly is. And I, I was just telling some of my uh, guys today that sometimes the confidence happens in, in you know the outcome, right? So, so you've helped a client before. You've saw them push back. You break through and you help them, right? Yeah. And I think that that's what builds that confidence. And that's the way that we should look at it. Because in the book, uh, Fanatical Prospecting, that's what everybody's the uh, are reading in our in our agency. And we just had a meeting on just trying to go through things that they that we had learned there. Yeah. And um and and that was one of the things you know yeah very very phenomenal book. It's it, I always I always think on on prospecting real quick that um. You know, you can be the best prospector in the world and the worst salesperson, and you'll still make money. But you could be the worst. You could be the worst prospector in the world and the greatest salesperson in the world. Um, And that's like building a hotel on a desert island, right? Like (laughs) you've got, you've got to, you got to find people, you know. And and I think what you're saying here is defining that of who that is, and then the process to get them gives you that confidence that you're looking for, you know? Yeah. And I think on the prospecting piece, prospecting is like the fastest way to either build or destroy confidence. If you say, I'm going to make 300 calls this week. I suck at math, but what's that? 50, 50 a day? No, that'd be 250. 50 a day. I'm going to make 60. 60, Yeah. So I make 60 calls a day and Monday you don't do it. Tuesday you don't do it. Yeah. I'll do it at the end of the week. Now you get to the end of the week. You haven't done it. That will destroy your confidence Mm-hmm. incredibly fast because now you're not keeping your commitment. You're not sticking to what you said you do. On the flip side, if you can go out and prospect consistently and you hit those calls every week, the 60 a day, now you're starting to build momentum and you know that next week I'm going to do it again. And I'm going to constantly be creating opportunities because I'm actually doing the action and the effort or putting in the effort that it takes to, to create opportunities to be able to write new business. So prospecting is such an easy way to, to I think, create confidence, but also mm-hmm. it's the best way to get get new business. You want to write more new business, spend more time prospecting. Very true. Very true. I mean, very true. It's carried me. I may not be the best salesperson, um, but uh, yeah, I can, uh, the, the prospecting is where it's at. Nick, how many phone calls do you usually, I know every agency is different and market's different, but how many agent, how many calls a day do you see people doing out there? And I mean, let me ask you this, first of all, what's the number one way would you say that prospecting is best to build your book? So I'm completely biased towards cold calling, which I know is probably an unpopular opinion, but I actually really enjoyed it. Um, and that's how I built my book on it. The reason I liked it so much, it was efficient compared to like a drive-by. I hated doing drive-bys because in an hour I could drive by three people or I could call. Like yeah. It, right. So brutal. with you, dude. Um, yeah. No, you I'm not saying that. Like. Oh yeah. It's a lot of work. And I'm not saying the drive-by doesn't have a... Um, yeah, whatever. There's a, there's a time and a place for everything, right? And mm-hmm. same with cold email, even cold outreach on LinkedIn. You're not catching a person, you know, in the moment. And that's why I like cold calling. Is if you do, if you play the numbers correctly and you track your own numbers, your chances are you're going to get somebody on the phone, and you got the opportunity to set the meeting right there. And so, over the years, my, you know, when I first started, I had nothing to do. I was a green producer. I would make like 100 calls a day because all, all, all I had to do. And so I adjusted it as I went, and. The amount of calls obviously depended on on the numbers of what I was trying to hit and then trying to tweak it and track that information and um, and really watch the closing percentage is, is really what you're after. And so if you need more meetings, 
Maybe you need to ramp mm-hmm. up the calls or maybe you need to tweak what you're saying. And the other big thing on the, the cold calling or any prospecting in general, I would target during the, uh, during the X date, prospect on X date. So if you don't have data, there's a lot of data out there and a lot of agencies are already using it. But if you don't have that, I would get that data. So now if you're making a cold call, you're sending a cold email, you know that prospect is renewing within the next you know, 30 to 90 days, maybe 120. Your chances just go up because now they're at least thinking about it. So now if you're making a cold call and you don't have X dates, which I did in California for a year, the data wasn't ready, you know, 12 years ago out there. And I'd get somebody on the phone. That I, I'm like, great. Let's talk next week. They're like, oh, I renew in nine months. Call me then. And so the chances of setting those meetings goes, goes down drastically. It does. One of the things we do teach is about four to six months out before renewal, you get the, um, the mod sheet. I think a lot of people don't realize that you can get that off NCCI. Mm-hmm. Um, but the most important thing is, is people right now are like, oh, Jason, everybody knows that. And a lot of people do. But one thing people don't realize is right before you go to buy it and it, you choose the, you see the client and they say, yeah, this is the one that you're going to buy. And here's the options. In the top right, right above it, there's a thing that says notify me with changes. And when you click that, it's going to ask for your email and anytime anything changes on that reporting for that client, boom, it's going to email it right to you, loyal listeners. And when it, lo- when it sends it right to you, the nice thing about that is, is whenever they, des- they um, send out the new mod sheet, they're going to send you an email and say, hey, so-and-so's mod sheet's ready. You grab that, you call the prospect and you say, hey, wanted to let you know this came out today as your current agent called you and discussed this. It's also another good way then to set that meeting um, to where you're going to try to go. Another good trick, and David taught taught this, uh, Nick, which um, we've only done this one time. Okay. And and it's our largest client. Um, and it, it, we got it. It's um, they renew on September first, and it was a large like the workers' comp alone is six hundred twenty five k. And so we're sitting there and I, and I told, well, I did a David move. And the David move is, is that even though it's a couple of weeks after renewal, you call them because if they shopped it out, they've got renewal, they've got valued loss runs, right? So if yep. they shopped it, they've got the loss runs. Well, you can get those loss runs and you can build your mod sheet and stuff off of them. So then you can attack and say, hey, here's what I found off your loss runs. Has your other agent told you this? And then you can start to kind of go through and then hit them with the new mod, you know, and then ask for the BOR before. And also, one of the things I think we don't really lay out here, which I think is important, is trying to um, lay out to them your timeline of services, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, are we going to be in there? How we are different? Are we just going to be accused of being the agent who just comes to just accept the check? Right. right. That's the only time Those we exist? that's the only time we hear from you. you yeah. Know? And well, there's things like Yellowbird that I wanted to end with. Like Yellowbird is somebody that we use to um get our safety stuff. So we're always doing loss controls, always helping them build safety committees. And we don't do any of that. One of our theories is, and I, I want to hear what you have to say, but one of our theories is and is we For a long time, agents have tried to white label everything, and they're still Mm -hmm. trying to do it, Nick. Still trying to do it. 
Mm-hmm. And we have in-house billing if you deal with us. You know, We right. have in-house loss control if you deal with us. We do this and that. And all we do is drop the ball because none of us are any of that other than an insurance agency, right? Mm-hmm. And so what we're theory is, is let's take the work off of us. Let's tell them that our job is to knowing insurance and knowing your risk is to pull the experts in. We tell them that this is a third-party yellow bird that we use. Yep. We tell them that this is third-party injuries that we use for our workers' comp. We, we tell them that because our thing is, is by being with us, we're the good connectors, right, mm-hmm. uh, to fix that problem that you have. And, and I think that laying that out with the timeline of services allows them to be like, we love it. And it's what you said a minute ago, Nick. We love it when they say, and you see them thinking to themselves, like, how come no one's ever told me this before? You know? That's like, if you can get the prospect or the client saying that, that is like, you've built trust because now nobody else has taught them that. So you've taught them about a problem they didn't even know they had. And then you're the one that solves it. So it's like instant credibility and, and loyalty, really. And taking that stuff a step further, Yellowbird, you said it was? And some of these other yes, yellow bird. You know, yep. service mm-hmm. a timeline. It's to me, it's about taking that and then showing the the prospect of the client because we've done this right because we've partnered with Yellowbird because we can get you uh, loss control services and risk management and all that stuff is incredibly important. Here's how we can actually use that now to go negotiate your insurance premiums every year mm-hmm. because ultimately. The client doesn't necessarily care about loss control. Like they do, but they don't. Like if they're hanging out playing golf with their buddies, they're not saying, you know, I really wish my insurance agent would get me some loss control. It's not a problem mm-hmm. that's on their mind. The problem that's on their mind is I think I'm paying too much. We've all had the call. You know, I was playing golf with my buddy and he says he's paying this and he's got the same size business. Okay, probably not. There's probably a lot of other factors that go into that, but that's what they're focused. That's the problem that these prospects are trying to solve is their premium. And we know the other mm-hmm. stuff's important, the experience mod, risk management, loss control, all this stuff. So we can still deliver that. We still need to deliver that. It's a you know, responsibility to, but by packaging it in a way that the, you know, the client can understand as, how, as solving their premium problem, we can actually start to create more trust and really go into any prospect situation and create immediate value because now we're not hoping, you know, I hope their experience mod's high. And if their experience mod's low, I don't have anything to sell on. If their mm-hmm. coverage, when I started out, the, the coverage analysis was a huge part of my, my BOR process. And so I got going on these, these prospects where if they had a coverage gap, I was going to win on BOR because I'm going to show them, hey, look, this stuff's a mess. Now, if they had an experience mod that was high, even better, you know, kind of two for one. But any client that either had a good mod or had good coverage, I wasn't winning because that was the whole pitch. Well, say, hey, I'm going to help you with your, your experience, but I'm going to help you with your coverage. But now taking in loss control, taking in, you know, all these other things, the service timeline. Okay, that, that means something to a client. But if we phrase it as we're going to help you, uh, we have a premium management system throughout the year. And the reason we check in at audit is because we want to manage your premium now. Last year, we want to forecast to next year. So you start mm-hmm. to put it in terms that they can understand. And now you can create that you know, really create a, a space where you can actually solve a solution for that prospect outside of being dependent on, you know, is the mod high, is the, is the coverage, you know, 
shitty for lack of Nick, better Nick, I know you talk about this with people um, daily, weekly, and monthly. How can people get into your, I think, your mastermind you talked about um, where they sit around? Uh, Jake in my office is actually part of it, just FYI, loyal listeners. Um, and so, uh, ironically enough, he's my leading producer, uh, uh, FYI. I mean, it's not ironic. So, anyways, and Nick, what, where can they find that? Yeah, so if they go to producer.systems is the website. And then there's a link. It's called Producer Systems Live. It's every Wednesday, 12 p.m. Eastern. There's no cost to join. And we've got producers coming in. And really what we're doing is um, we're talking, having these conversations. All right, hey, I've got a prospect. Here's what happened. Presented the BOR, had experience. Their mod's good. The coverage is good. How do I now attack that and still go after and win that client? And so we're having those conversations every week. Fantastic, Nick. Appreciate you very much. Uh, I, I, you know, I think... Uh, you carry the 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 American French flag very very well, um, so <laughs> do 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 you do really appreciate it? So thanks for taking your time to join us, man. Jason, thanks for having me on. This is a blast. Yeah. Hey, all you loyal listeners out there, I hope uh, you was able to get some stuff from that. We there's a lot of gold nuggets, a lot of red meat involved there. So you know what I do. I do it for you. Tell me your thoughts and tell me your ideas, and I'm going to tell the world what you have to say. This has been Jason Cass. That's Nick Obi, and we are out. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now listen, I'm an agency owner and I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you gotta do is you gotta admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial. But you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland. And we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.